everybody. This is Jenna. And I'm Noelle. And this is More Than Murder, where we delve into everything eerie with a side of true crime. More Than Murder is not your typical true crime podcast. Join us on a weekly tour through the haunted, the bloody, the creepy, and the nutty on our Freaky Fridays. Hello. Hello. Are you ready? No. Yes, but no. This one's a little tough. Uh, at the start, I am going to say, disclaimer, trigger warning, the whole nine, this yeah. gets graphic. We're going to talk about a lot of gruesome things. This man is not a good dude. He's not a pleasant character. No. And it's another local one. Another local. we got a good few yeah. of those. From the Rochester, Rochester New York. New York. Yes. yes. We go there. All the time. That's, I was, you know, bone and raised there. Yeah. Until I moved out here. Very close to home. And it's not too, like, it wasn't that long ago. He was active until the 1990s. Yeah, no. I mean, that's when we were born. When I was born in Rochester. Yeah. <laughs> so it thank God he was done before 1992. Very, very <laughs> recent. So the murders started as early as 1972, though. Oh, okay. He did not have just one stint. All right. And it's bad, the first stint. They're both bad, but the first stint is a hard one. So he, like, has a batch, and then he has another batch. Basically, yes. Okay. Yes. And we'll get into how the police system and the judiciary system and all of it kind of failed in this case. Because it did. And it's probably going to piss you off because it pissed me off. Well, it always does. It always fails. It always does. ridiculous. But... We're talking about Arthur Shawcross. Ah, uh, what a peach. Also known as the Genesee River Killer. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we'll get into why he's called that. It's not a happy thing at all. Okay. So we're going to go to his early life. He was the oldest of four children. He was born to Arthur and Elizabeth Shawcross on June 6th of 1945. He was born in Maine, but the family relocated to Watertown, And that's a small town near Lake Ontario. So that's pretty near us as well. Mm -hmm. But he won't move to Rochester until later on. They reported frequent bedwetting, which is part of the... number one of the triage. Yep. And it's very hard because this man is known to lie. He is known to paint very vivid stories. And some of the stories that he painted was that his mother was very domineering. And that he did not have a good relationship with his parents. Okay. It comes out later, though, that his family just... The, the, he, they say those claims aren't true. He had a great childhood. We treated him well. He might run a little off. So we can't really tell what's true, but I feel like I can't believe this man. Yeah. If you watch footage of him, he's blinking. He's kind of weird gestures and body language that just it seems like he might not be telling the truth Mm -hmm. which i mean probably happens all the time with murderers probably probably not the honest bunch right yeah probably (laughs) he also claimed though that his mother and aunt sexually abused him inserting foreign objects into his rectum and performing oral sex on him at age nine ew once again never been proven yeah His family says he has a very vivid imagination, and Arthur does change his story often in the interviews. Well, and the fact that none of his other three siblings said anything about 
Exactly, or turn out thing. to be you would think that a it would just be one. Exactly. Yeah. So it's it's never been claimed. Who really knows yeah. if he is telling the truth? I hope that is not the truth because ick, ick. As a mom, that's just to a boy like ugh, ick. It's just disgusting. That's I just agree. disgusting. I agree, and you can hear it in his own words. We'll yeah. talk about the doc, but yeah, there's a documentary where he tells it all, and yes, it's yeah. disgusting. He struggled in school. He had an IQ of 86, which is below oh. average. Yes. Yes. It's, it's a low one. It's a low, it's a low IQ. He was not good in school, and it, it caused him issues. Mm-hmm. And he also had a tendency for bullying other classmates. So he was not an upstanding boy at the school, wasn't doing well, and he was bullying his classmates. And he also came under suspicion for arson and burglaries. So arson is the second. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. sounds a lot like Carl, too, with yeah. his early upbringing, you know, from a young age. Yeah. He dropped out of school after failing the ninth grade and started to delve into criminal activity and violence. He was first placed on probation in 1963 after smashing a shop window. Huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So early, early on, he was into the criminal sector. He was getting caught. Mm-hmm. And... Was not a very good dude. I have it written here, hoodlum, because that's basically what he was. He was a little hoodlum. Yeah. Yeah, running around smashing shop windows uh-huh. and stuff. Yep. So that happened in 1963. We're going to jump to 1967, and we're going to talk a little bit about his military career. So Arthur married twice before even enlisting in the Army in April of 1967. So he was in ninth grade in 1963. Mm-hmm. And somehow before 1967. Mm-hmm. He got married at a very young age and none of these marriages work out. He was already married twice before he was like mm-hmm. 18. Mm-hmm. Weird. He will have like four wives. Lovely. Yeah. Before he even goes to like prison. Lovely. And he'll have girlfriends and mistresses. We'll get into this great guy. He's, he's the best. He's the best. So... All of his wives. Awful. Awful. Awful man. And of course, he was abusing his wives. They said that he was violent. He had abused them. And he was a really scary dude. He was tall. He was very big. He was just a big, grumpy dude who had violent outbursts. Mm -hmm. And around that time, what was going on in our world? Vietnam. Mm -hmm. So he had his first tour in Vietnam, October of that same year. And he claims in an interview that he murdered and cannibalized two Vietnamese girls and several children while on tour. You know, the worst part is that I don't believe, I don't not believe, like, I believe it. So the military looked into this and it was unfounded. Well, of course they're not going to say whether or not their person committed cannibalism. And the fact that he was a sick dude. He, yeah. He was a sick he dude. Might, they might not even have any idea that and he did this. there's a lot of talk about what happened in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't good. Mm-hmm. It was not good what they were doing. There were a lot of drugs going on. Every, yeah. All sorts of stuff. So he also claimed a combat kill total of 39 but the authorities kind of looked into this, and his kill count was zero. He didn't – he wasn't really active duty. He wasn't doing anything like killing people. How do they know when it's, like, all-out war like that, which person killed who? Like, how do they go I after I think him? it's based on, like, where you're put. There are some people that are put on the front lines. There's infantrymen, and then there's other people who are cooking and cleaning mm-hmm. and, like, doing that kind of stuff. 
I don't know in Vietnam because it was very like the draft and everybody yeah. had to enlist and that kind of thing. So I'm not 100% sure. How they go about, yeah, I wonder how they go about but, finding out how many people you it, yourself killed. Exactly. And Murderpedia and Wikipedia both said Corroborated. This. Yeah, the 39. said that there is a zero. And this apparently, this number came from the military. Mm-hmm. So it just basically sounds like this guy's a pathological liar mm-hmm. who wants attention. Yeah. He gets up and he does these interviews and he's talking explicitly about what he's doing and there's no shame in his in his eyes in his heart anywhere so weird he's a stone cold killer basically Mm -hmm. so he was discharged and returned to watertown in 1968 so that's like a year he was literally in for a year this this dude can't settle on one thing he's marrying all these women he's dropping out of school he's doing this he's doing that working menial jobs he's a mess and he was then arrested and jailed for arson. He loved setting stuff on fire. He loved it. But he only served two years of his five-year sentence. Not surprising to me. Probably an overcrowding issue that that happens a lot, apparently. So after that two years, we're going to get into the first murder. Dun, dun, dun. This is a tough one. This is tough. And it involves children. Okay. So, disclaimer, 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 disclaimer. April 7th of 1972, Shawcross took his first victim. So, that was literally right after he got out of jail. Yep. Because he got out of the military in 68, and then he got arrested. He did two years. So, I think he laid low for a little bit, but then he just went out and killed. Mm-hmm. His first victim was 10-year-old Jack Blake. Mm-hmm. Shawcross knew the boy. He actually took him fishing a few days before the disappearance. And Shawcross was an avid fisher. Like, you'll hear that in every account that he was a lover of fishing and he was always down fishing. Mm-hmm. So, and his parents must have felt comfortable with Shawcross to let yes, him go. Enough to be like, hey, yeah, take yeah. that kid. So he was obviously questioned but denied knowing anything about it. Of course. And it was not until five months later that Blake's body was found. He was found sexually assaulted. And he was strangled. That was the cause of death. And that is, that's classic Shawcross. He, strangulation was usually the cause of death. There might be a few that stray out of that, Mm -hmm. but that's pretty much. His go-to. His go-to, yes. September 20th of the same year, so it was a few months later, Karen Ann Hill's body was found under a bridge. So he wasn't, it seems like this guy automatically has no preferences to male, female, adult, child. No, it doesn't seem like that at first. Later in his second bow, it kind of takes more of an opportunity type of victim. Um, So we'll kind of get into that because he was killing a different kind of victim. There are a few people littered in there that kind of... Don't make sense. He had this mentality of every time he's talking about his victims... They did something to him. Mm-hmm. Of course. Yeah, because that's how she he, had, he needed she to She made revenge. me mad. She yeah. picked on me. And that pissed him off to the point where he felt that he could take their lives. Mm-hmm. And that is, that's all throughout all of his killings. So early on, he was targeting children. I don't know if it was an opportunity thing. I don't know if it was, because it's I want to get my feet wet type of thing. Yeah. And they were there. But his first two uh, were children. She was also found raped and murdered. By strangulation. Mud and leaves were found forced down her throat, as well as in her clothing. What? Yeah. So it it could have been like a dragging situation. Yes. 
Shawcross had been seen with Hill near the bridge, and that is what was he was brought in for. Immediate suspicion from there, because, of course, he was seen with Blake. Blake disappears, and then he's found, this body's found, too. Yeah, he was with it. So after it's that. obvious. It's obvious. Thank God somebody was paying attention, but it probably doesn't hold. Well, it said right here, you know, Shawcross was known to have a history of being creepy. He was the creepy dude who was always talking to the kids and being extra nice. And sometimes there are people that don't have ill intentions and they're nice people. Yeah. He had ill intentions. Yeah, for sure. A hundred percent. Yeah. So after that, he was arrested um, October of 1972 and he confessed to the killings right away. He did not hold back. He took a plea deal offering more information about Jack Blake's case. And he directed the investigators to his body. He had not been found until Shawcross told them. As part of the bargain, Shawcross would only be charged with Karen's murder. Why? Because it's a plea deal. That's what they do. And so the reason that they did it was because there wasn't a ton of evidence in the Blake case. He showed them where the body was. But <sighs> there's not enough physical evidence. Like, you know what I mean? There's not enough. It's it's hard. I don't... Especially back then, I guess it was hard to... Yeah, but for me, with that much information because that's what, what I do for me. Because like this is like you said, they were both. He was seen with both of them. Mm-hmm. The same. They died the same exact way. I know. He led them to the boy's body. Like what else do the fuck I do you need? It's because the judicial system is weird. Because they, they just want to take have... deals, 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 yeah. deals. No, you don't get a fucking deal. Mm-hmm. You did something horrible, terrible. Give us the info, mm-hmm. and then you go to prison for the rest of your life. For the rest of your life. Like why is this so difficult? No, he was sentenced to only 25 years. <sighs> Jesus, for two children's lives. For helping out. You know, he's just like, here, yeah. here you go. Here's some information, but you're not pinning both of these on me, basically. <sighs> and that will make it so that he can have this second little mm-hmm. spree. So, mm-hmm. so he is released in 1987 after serving less than 15 years of his 25 years. Jesus sentence. Christ. And you know what? Good behavior shouldn't even apply in any no. of these cases. Why no. do these people get off no. early? I don't understand. Murder should be an automatic life sentence. Yeah. No matter what. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know. You can't say no matter what. Well, I'm saying like first degree, like a, a sentence like this. Yeah, where you have gone out in with intent to, to do and harm and do that. Yeah. to it. Yeah. Like he should not have gotten 25 years. No, he I definitely should have gotten what life. Deal Absolutely. You get. Yeah. And of course, when he got out, he relocated to Binghamton. Sweet. Yeah, which is pretty close. But, of course, the locals were not enthused. Uh So, at that time, the crimes were very out there. He was a known murderer, a child murderer, and he didn't do that much time. So, since it was no secret, he was hated. He couldn't get jobs. He couldn't hold on jobs. He was basically made to be, like, the pariah of the town. And... Basically, because he was unwelcomed in the area, he whined and he got them to seal his record. Why? It was either the police or, like, his parole board basically were like, okay, you're being treated unfairly here. You're not getting a fair shot. You can't get a job. What we're going to do is we're going to seal your record. We're going to sneak you into Rochester, New York. You're going to live there and no one's going to know the wiser. They're not going to know who you are. You're going to start fresh and have this beautiful life. Because he deserves that after mm-hmm. what he's done. They sealed his record. Yeah, you know, because he's a man. He was white. So when they're investigating a murder and they, they type him in, he's going to look like he has no record. 
Yeah. And he's an upstanding citizen. Mm-hmm. Because our justice system is whack. Yeah. I don't care. You should face public outrage. Yeah. You made choices. This is yeah. now your consequence. Yep. You made choices to kill, rape and kill two children. Two children. This is now your consequence. And, and. Yeah, monster. Either the police or the parole board are just like, that's fine. We'll just send him over here and we're not even going to monitor him. So. Shaking my head, folks. Shaking my head. Him and wife number four. Lucky wife number four. You know. He's the ultimate catch. They moved to Rochester. In Rochester, he worked menial jobs, and to no one's surprise, the marriage wasn't great. Mm -hmm. So, not feeling satisfied, where was he to turn? Sex workers. Of course. So, Lyle Av, uh, there is a documentary that I watched. They said that Lyle Av was one of his bigger hotspots, and it's still... It's still kind of a hot spot. Uh, but that's where he would go and he would pick up his sex workers basically whenever he wanted to. Mm-hmm. And that is basically when the killing spree started. Of course, because he probably killed sex workers, right? Mm-hmm. Of course. Convenience factor, right? Nobody cares. Nobody. And, and since it's illegal, none of these people can report anything. Mm-hmm. So, And I'll get into, you know, the the case and how, like, they weren't really looking into it. They weren't. These people were just kind of ending up being found, but they weren't being connected. It was frustrating. The guy was able to do whatever he wanted to do because they weren't looking in the right areas. Mm -hmm. Sex workers are coming up dead. They believe it's something else. Mm -hmm. Not a murderer, not a serial killer. Of course. So his first victim was in March of 1988, and she was discovered by hunters. And according to biography.com, her body was found in the Genesee River, dumped following a vicious attack. This includes bite marks on the groin area and strangulation. Awful. So it sounds like he's very sexually motivated. Yeah. I don't know if it's something like he can't perform or fulfill, so he's getting frustrated. Mm -hmm. And then he's putting that anger out into that area of her body. Well, I don't think so. I think according to him in his later years, he claimed that his mother and his aunt and everybody were very sexually assaulting to him so if that was true then that could be why he in turn attacks women in a sexual manner that's very true which kind of makes it seem like what he was saying about his mother and aunt were true unless he made it seem like so true in his head that he just it's it's just really hard to know because this guy is so he's such a liar he's a little too outwardly with everything yeah like he gives too much information yeah so it's like first of all Hold and, of course, if it was really happening, you know, in that case, that mother and aunt would do everything they could to make it so that nobody knew it was happening. So the family would be like, well, yeah, he's lying, but they might not actually know that that could yeah, have been happening. Yeah, sometimes in abuse, sometimes people don't speak up against their abuser. Uh-huh. It's just how it goes. You know, uh-huh. they, the, the children could have been being abused and said, like, oh, no, that never happened. Yeah, because they're afraid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Because for some reason, they're icky, too. Mm-hmm. You know? So it very well could be. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the local authorities did not seem inclined to investigate as Dorothy was a sex worker and not a high priority. Her case was basically swept under the rug for over a year. Wow. They did nothing. <sighs> yeah. Over a year. You know, she's a sex worker, but her parents aren't. Exactly. So that was March 24th of 88. There was a second body discovered uh, September 9th or 11th. The dates are a little off. Of 1989. Okay. So it was a little bit further down the road. Yep. 
Um, Anna was picked up by Shawcross, and this all all this information is coming right from him. He says everything in a documentary, and I just I yeah. took his word for it. Basically, yeah. who knows best? Mm-hmm. So, according to him, um, she was picked up, and he drove her down to the Genesee River Gorge by the Driving Park Bridge. Okay. Shawcross claimed that Anna offered sex for twenty dollars, but he couldn't get an erection, and she apparently laughed at him. Made Shawcross angry and punched her in the face. So a lot of this is anger-driven, definitely. Yeah. I, I don't discredit that. I think that that's true because he treats women like he, they're nothing. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I can see that this happened, definitely. Yeah. And she tried to get away from him at that point. Uh, the story is that, you know, she was crawling on the ground trying to get away from him. But he came up and strangled her to death. Always his MO. Yeah. According to the article on Murderpedia, he could not be bothered with actually covering the body or concealing it in any way. He literally just left it to float in the river. And with that and the last one here, we come with the Genesee, the Genesee river, river killer. Yeah. So the dude was super fucked up, but there's still no suspicion by authorities that a serial killer may be at play. Mm-hmm. They just think it's normal. You know, and... and Unfortunately, there is a drug scene that comes with sex work. Right. So they do think that as well, mm-hmm. which sucks. Look into these deaths, please. I know. Please. <sighs> so and you see that they've been strangled. Like, exactly. What the hell? Yes. So I don't know if I said it before, but first victim's name was Dorothy Blackburn. She was 27. Okay. You'll notice that a lot of these women are a lot of the same age, uh-huh. but they will deviate out a little bit. Second victim was Anna Steffen. Uh-huh. And third victim was Dorothy Keeler. Keeler is a little different. So Keeler was 59. Okay. And she was a homeless woman. Her body was discovered on October 21st of 1989. I'd say he's real hot in 1989. That's like the most of when he's really active and he's really starting to kind of fire up his killing at this point. Okay. It's like within the winter months, he's just going ham. And it said that she was a housekeeper for Arthur and his wife. So he kind of like paid her and he knew that she was homeless, but she also was kind of like a friend of the family. Jeez. They also had an affair. Of course they did. So on top of Arthur's wife, he has a mistress. He has this affair with Dorothy and he's using sex workers. Okay. So I think that there's some type of sexual dysfunct there somewhere yeah absolutely and and i don't know where it is i don't they don't have you know record of how his sex life was with his wife yeah but with how often he's you know using sex workers having mistresses having wives i think there's probably something wrong there well not only that but he said that the girl laughed at him when he couldn't get his dick up so Mm -hmm. he's obviously got problems there he's definitely got problems (laughs) there he don't like it when you mention his yeah Problematic dick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he don't like it. So don't mention it or you'll die. So why did he kill her, you may be asking? I sure am. Uh, so in Arthur's words, uh, they went fishing together one day and it ended an argument over the fact that she had stolen money. Okay. She was mad because, well, she was the mistress and she didn't want to really be the mistress. So she's like, hey, I'm telling your wife. Mm-hmm. And of course, guess what? He got mad and killed her. He hit her over the head with a large log and it killed her instantly. 
Oh, God. Which this deviates completely away from the strangulation and his usual mode. Yeah, and she was 57. Uh-huh. So. so I think that this was more of like a rage killing. I don't think it was planned. Yeah. Unless maybe he kind of... I think deep down in his brain, he probably planned it internally because apparently she did steal the money. They were fighting. He was probably already mad at her anyway. Mm -hmm. But I think that he kind of went off when she was like, well, I'm telling your wife. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it was his knee-jerk reaction. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Grab whatever was nearest. Which was a large log. Whack her with it. Uh Uh-huh. It's also said that apparently Shawcross returned to remove the skull from her body. So, you know, left her to decompose after a while. He's very well known for being the type of killer to come back to Uh his sites. Um, So he came back, he removed the skull, and he threw it in the river. Her body was discovered, but according to Murderpedia, the skull was never found. Huh. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, who's, who's to say they even knew who this woman was until he confessed? Yeah. It could have just been Jane Doe number blah, 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 blah at Mm -hmm. that point. So, as I said, he's escalating. So, next we have Patricia Ives at 25. She was discovered only six days after Dorothy on October 27th, 1989. Wow. She was a sex worker as well. Shawcross claims that she was like, hey, let's have sex for $25. And he took her to a construction site nearby. She was raped and strangled to death. He concealed her body with construction materials. These girls need to up their prices. They could right. figure out I who mean, wants to be participating and who doesn't. Granted, it's like the 80s, old, early 90s. But yeah. Still, yeah, that's quite low. I feel like that's quite that's low. That's really low. Especially, like, that's an awful way to die. Yeah, it's terrible. Like, uh, yeah. And I don't know, because I know that, like, a lot of the sexually motivated serial killers are very, like, strangulation for them is sexual. Oh, yeah. So absolutely. I think that that's probably where, like, the rape and strangle, because they're always found raped and they're always yeah. found strangled. You know, there there may be yeah. some with more details. Well, that's probably the only time he can get it up and get off. That's, yeah, that's Honestly. exactly what I'm thinking. He probably has that weird necrophilia. Even though it's not necrophilia, but, like, if you're but it doing that while they're dying, back. then, like... Because he comes back. But I'm pretty sure he's coming back for a sexual reason. He's probably, oh. like... Well, I thought he only came back to, like, take the head and stuff. No, he'll come back again and we'll talk about it. Yeah. We'll definitely get into it. (laughs) We'll get into it. All right. So, after these killings, authorities started to tie things together and realize, hey, we may have a serial killer in our midst. That's when the media started reporting and they came up with the nickname the Genesee River Killer. Basically, that's where all the bodies were found. So, bam. There you go. Mm -hmm. And it is... (sighs) It's hard because it's kind of like the Green River Killer. They kind of get like, because you have Genesee River Killer and the Green River Killer. Yeah. So sometimes in my brain, maybe not your guys's, but in my brain, I kind of mix them up. And he's not very well known anyway. I didn't learn about him until like a few years ago. Yeah. It was like new to me. And I'm like, wait, we had a serial killer in Rochester? I only knew about him a while. When did I learn about him? 23. 13 or 14 mm-hmm. because yeah. um, my old boss from Wayland used to live in Rochester around the time that mm-hmm. he was there and she was telling me about it and I was like, wait, what? And she was like, yeah, you never heard of the Shawcross? And I was like, no, I never heard of Yeah. <laughs> I watched like a biography thing on him like a long time ago when, you know, he still had cable. Yeah. And I was like, wait, what is this? And the guy was just so creepy and I was like, this is nuts. But 
our parents were alive and living it at that time. Why didn't they ever tell us these things? My mom tries not to know anything about any of that stuff. I don't know, <laughs> but, like, it's got to be smacking you in the face. No, I don't know. My mom, <sighs> they don't watch. I, like, my dad pays attention to the news, but my mom's like, I don't want any part of any of it. <laughs> oh, I, I can imagine the news cycle at that time. Yeah. How terrifying that must yeah. have been. Ugh. And fear. Exactly. Fear, fear, fear. And that's the thing is police working the case went around to area sex workers and basically warned them like, hey, this man is targeting sex workers. You're not safe. Don't get in the car with people. And they also wanted to ask them questions. So now they're saying that it's. Yeah. Now they're they're starting to piece it together and okay, realize that they're they catching a killer. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it gets to a point where how can you not? I know, so they all have strangulation. Yes. I mean, it's all They're the same. all sex workers. Like, it's all adding up. Yeah. So the investigators would question them and get names of any regulars. Of course, he was going to use an alias. All of the workers in the area kept saying the name Mitch. They're like, oh, yeah, there's this guy, Mitch. He gets kind of violent. He gets very aggressive. But, you know, we're fine. We're not dead. So... They did not have him on a radar because, first, he's using the name Mitch, and second... His records were sealed. His records were sealed. Yeah, because I was going to say, even though the records are sealed, mm-hmm. somebody has to remember those cases of the kids where they were raped and strangled. How come somebody doesn't say, hmm, this is these girls are dying the same way those kids did? I think it's And then be like, let's hard. go after Arthur, because literally they're being raped... And then strangled. And it's like, why don't people put shit together? I know. Because I think it's just the the hindsight is 2020. We know that he was involved. If you didn't know, you wouldn't put children with sex workers, really. Yeah. But I mean, like, I guess this is 15 years later. So it's probably not the same policemen that work there. Mm -hmm. But it's just still, it's just so frustrating. I know. And the fact that they just sealed it so he wouldn't get bullied. Mm -hmm. And now he's just getting away with murder. Mm Mm-hmm. It's wrong. It's wrong. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't make me happy. The next victim is Frances or Franny Brown. She was found in early November of 1989. There really wasn't a lot of information on her, unfortunately. Just another... just, she was a sex worker mm-hmm. and she died of strangulation. The next one is really tough. Uh, we're going to talk about June Stotts. She okay. was 26. And this is probably the, I don't want to say the most brutal, but this is pretty brutal. Her body was discovered on November 23rd, 1989, and that was Thanksgiving Day. It was a month after she disappeared, and she had developmental disabilities. That's how they reported her. So she was found lying on her stomach in a field. When investigators turned her body, they realized she had been cut from her neck to her groin, and her labia had been removed. So he literally flayed her open. She was sexually abused and strangled to death. And they said that the mutilation was performed post-mortem. Thank God. Wait, after. After, yeah. So that's after. So I think that maybe he came back. Maybe he did it that day. I'm not sure. We don't know when she was put there and when she was found. But it's also said that Shawcross was like a family friend. And they went to feed the birds together. And I guess he tried to kiss her, and she, like, what are you doing, dude? Mm-hmm. And that made him mad. So he killed her. And mm. she was found on Thanksgiving Day. Jesus Christ. The police officer in the doc that I watched said that it was the worst thing, like, that he found. I ever. can imagine. He said it was terrible. So 
more bodies are being found. The local authorities, they needed help. So they called in the FBI. And by this time, FBI profiling was very big. The mm-hmm. BAU, it was a big thing. So basically, the profile that they came up with was a white male between his 20s and 30s, previous criminal record. Which, at this point, how old was Chakras? Um, So in the 80s, he was born in the 40s. So he had been freaking 40-something. 80s. Yeah, he was probably about, like, early 40s. Yeah. So already born. their profile's off. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. I mean... 20 years earlier-ish. Because they said... Yeah, 20 to 30s. Previous criminal record or military experience, mm-hmm. familiar with the area, and then someone the victims would feel comfortable with and would feel fine getting into the car. Yeah. So even if this guy was like, they said that he was a frequent flyer and that he had violent outbursts. So it's not necessarily someone you would feel comfortable with. I think they were just, they needed to do it, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. So they're pumping out the news they're releasing the profile they're really going hot they're trying to catch this guy but the increased activity did not stop shot cross crass that's terrible the next is elizabeth or liz gibson and she was 29 okay. she was also found in november at the end of the month 27th of 1989 strangulation again was the cause of death it was reported that she was last seen with mitch another mitch but police could not pinpoint who Mitch was because it was an alias. Uh-huh. You know, he was smart enough to give the sex workers an alias. Yeah. And knew that even if he was found, because they were looking through people's records, he wouldn't have been on their radar because he didn't have a past criminal record according to his record because it was sealed. Yeah. So it was like the perfect storm. For Although this they guy. did say military or. Yes, they did. They did. Yes. But. Still, it's yeah, just a perfect it's storm for this guy. They literally, like, let him, like, gave him the knife and said, here you go. I know. <laughs> like, Pretty ugh, much. my gosh. So, it, things did change. The investigation came to a pivotal point in late December of 1989. A pair of jeans was found with the ID of Felicia Stevens. Fearing the worst, the police started doing aerial inspections of the area. Mm-hmm. So, they didn't find a body. They just found an ID. And they're like, oh, gosh, where's this body? Where, whatever. On June 2nd of 1990, they found the body of a naked female laying on the ice under the bridge. This police officer is just in his helicopter. He's going around, he's going around, and he thinks he spots something. He's not sure. It was June Cicero, 34. So June is pretty important. Um, She was a sex worker, but she's said to be the madam of the street. So Mm -hmm. people were afraid of her. She was kind of a hard woman, but she was very well known. She was also strangled, and they believe she was thrown off the bridge into the ice below. And she was also mutilated after death, but it didn't go into, like, detail on how she was mutilated. Yes, they just said that her body was mutilated. Mm -hmm. Which I feel like that was something that he kind of got into at the end. Because his first ones are just very kind of cut and dry. The next ones are kind of... So I think he kind of started escalating into visiting and mutilating and well, finding after, that he could get off on the mutilation. Yeah, after he slit the other lady, he was like, oh, I like, I, I like this. Now this mm-hmm. is going to be another portion of what I do. Yep. So on January 5th, so she's found on the 2nd. By the 5th, they keep doing aerial. They have a feeling with the profile that this guy is going to come back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they're like, we found the body early. We're not going to move the body. We're going to keep it there. And we're going to see if this guy comes back. So on January 5th of 1990, police doing an aerial patrol spotted a man either urinating 
or masturbating onto the body on the bridge oh. above the body. Okay. So they're not sure. The guy in the helicopter believes that he was masturbating, but they're not sure. So I would probably say yes, he was probably masturbating because I feel this is sexual. If it for sure was Shawcross, yes, he was definitely masturbating. Well. It was. It was Shawcross. <laughs> so they were told by profilers, of course, that the killer would come back. And Arthur did that on a number of occasions, even sometimes mutilating the bodies post-mortem. Mm-hmm. So from photos, it was confirmed that Arthur was Mitch. They finally got him. And further digging would reveal his past record and the murders in Watertown. Finally. So, yes. Finally. It's it's a relief, but it's also, like, so frustrating because it's like none of this would have happened. I know. Like, if he would have just kept him locked up after the two children murders, this would have never happened. Mm -hmm. Give him life. And they shouldn't be allowed to seal those records. No. No. They they definitely shouldn't. No. So, Arthur is sitting in the interrogation room. They're asking him questions, but he did not want to confess. Police, however, had a trick up their sleeves. Shawcross had given his longtime mistress, Clara, a necklace, which belonged to Jean Cicero. Oh, jeez. Police had had this information, and were going to blame it on Clara. So, she was going to go down for all of the murders. Uh-huh. Arthur, being the lovely man that he is, confessed. And led police to Felicia Stevens and two other missing sex workers. I'm actually quite shocked by that, though. What? That he would come know, out right? just because of her. I like, she's agree. still a mistress. She's still nobody that cares. The cared, thing but, with like, Clara, though, is Clara was literally his mistress since, like, they moved to Rochester. So she's been his mistress for a long time. And I do believe they get married after he gets arrested. I could be wrong. Oh, my I do believe God, I read Clara. That. I do believe I read He that. gave you a dead girl's necklace and all that and did all this stuff and you're still going to, yeah. Yes, I'll get into it. Yes, you. I will get into it. So, um. It's terrible. The bodies of Maria Welsh and Darlene Trippy, um, they were two sex workers who were also murdered within the spree, um, but they weren't found until after he confessed. Okay. So, some of these women were never found until he confessed mm-hmm. and they didn't really know how much of a murderer he was at that time. Mm-hmm. So he went on trial in Monroe County in November of 1990. I can imagine the media circus that that was around here. Mm-hmm. That's just crazy. He was only tried for 10 of the murders as Elizabeth Gibson's remains were found in Wayne County. Jesus. So because... County jurisdiction. Yes. Because of the jurisdiction, it was all a mess. Hopefully Wayne County was able to snag him. I will get there. <laughs> His defense team wanted to plead insanity, which that's always what they do, um, on the grounds of emotional abuse from his upbringing, as well as a cyst on his brain. So they did like a CAT scan, whatever, MRI, whatever that is for your brain. They thought that there was an abnormality in it. Hmm. The science has never been proven, though. There are doctors that say, no, this won't cause things like this. And then there are some people who say that it can. So the science on it is not good enough to hold up in court. Yeah. And the prosecution denied the claim and he was declared sane. Although that is pretty interesting because with the case of Aaron Hernandez, they even say that his CTE Mm -hmm. caused him to be this angry, aggressive person. Yeah. You know, that would do that. And I think it was just how long ago it was. The science just Mm -hmm. was not there. Mm -hmm. Maybe if this happened now, it might have been something completely different. Yeah. And... We'll get into why we can't look at that again. Mm -hmm. So the jury deliberated for six and a half hours. 
He was found guilty on 10 counts of second-degree murder and was sentenced to 25 years for each count, equaling 250 total years. Okay. So he's not ever getting out. Why Um, second-degree? First-degree murder is very hard to prove anyway. And I feel like a lot of juries go for the easy second because if they're tried and found not guilty to first degree, you cannot try these again. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just a court's way of... It just makes me so angry how much first degree is not convicted on. I agree. I and agree. it's like, obviously this is first degree murder. Yeah, exactly. So it's, angry. It's the so justice system strange. pisses me off. I agree. Later, yes. he was taken to Wayne County mm-hmm. to be tried for the murder of Elizabeth Gibson. He pled guilty right off the bat. Good. No funny business there. Given another life sentence. Okay. So good. I think he, I think he smartened up by the time he got to Wayne County. It was just like, I'm fuck done. it, dude. I'm done. Lock me up. Yeah. He carried out his sentence at Sullivan Correctional Facility. He married his longtime mistress Clara in 1997 while serving his time. You know what, Clara? You suck. I'm sorry. I agree. You suck. I don't understand. For such a pretty name. You're a sucky person. Dude, and this guy looks like a thumb. A thumb? He literally looks like a thumb. Huh. Like, I will show you a picture. He looks like a like thumb. Like the floops? Do you remember Spy Kids? Yes. Like thumb people? Yes. His little <laughs> army of the thumb floops, people. yeah. Yes. I'm going to show you right now because he looks like a thumb. Oh, my God. He does look like a thumb. Doesn't he look like a thumb? Ew. Is he, he still alive? He has a light chin. We'll get into that. Oh, my God. Yeah. So he got into hot water when poems and paintings he had done in prison were uh, on eBay for sale. (laughs) So nowadays, you cannot be an inmate and make money off of your crimes. Right. Yeah, absolutely. That would be fucked up. kind of started that, getting rid of that, because he was basically sending things to people outside, and then they would put them up on eBay and make a profit. Yeah. This landed him nine months in solitary. Nice. Yep. And he did end up dying in 2008 while in prison. He was brought to the hospital for leg pains and died of a heart heart attack. attack. Yep. So he is no longer alive. Like I said, it would be cool now with all the technology to like rescan his brain and maybe see if something did come out of that. But Uh dude is dead. They should still be able to take a look. They should. Well, you'd think they'd still have the scans. Especially yeah, like in his medical records. If they tried to make it into court, too, it'd be there yeah. as well. Yeah. So, hmm, weird. I'm curious. But it was so unknown at that time that they just couldn't bring it into yeah, court and make, sure. it, make it something that was going to get him off with yeah. an insanity plea. Of course not. Fuck your insanity plea. Tired of insanity, please. I agree. You're not insane. You're an asshole. Well, how many times <laughs> do they find that the person is insane? <laughs> I know. Not often. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, they're trying to prove that they're sane enough to stand trial. Like Carl Panzram. Like, I was uh-huh. able to lie to say that I was rehabilitated, exactly. and they believed me. Exactly. It's nuts, though. Stupid. <sighs> but, yeah, that's that Arthur Shawcross. crazy, crazy episode. He was a sick dude. You can yeah. go to YouTube and type in Arthur Shawcross, and his whole 40-whatever-minute documentary will pop up. Well, thank you for informing me on that lovely gem of a person. Yeah, he is. He's an awful, awful, awful person. Yeah. And just watch the documentary because he's literally just sitting there and he's like blinking. Like an obsessive amount of time blinking. I get uncomfortable watching him Mm -hmm. because he's literally just blinking. And he says this one part and he talks about how, I'm probably going to butcher this terribly, but he talks about how I just killed her. 
Like it was nothing. Like it was putting on a shoe. It was cooking dinner. Yeah, they always talk about work. it like it's normal. It's, it's like, like they don't. They are not phased. There's no regard for human life at all. No, especially a woman's human life. Oh, oh god, she's a sex yeah. worker. I can just kill her. Yeah, a woman is just cow shit. It's it's absolutely and they're crazy. Reasons. We have a lot of history in our cool little mm-hmm. area. We'll definitely have to delve into it more. Yeah. So that's it. That's my story. It was an awful story, but great to listen to. <laughs> oh, Thank you so much. Yes, yes. And that's all I got. So All right. Well, next week, next week, next week, we've got um it's a surprise. Yeah, we'll, you don't we'll, get to know this we'll week. come at you with an episode. It'll just appear on your new uh, new podcast for the day. And, <laughs> and you'll say, what do we got today? That's what you get for recording early. <laughs> We're not, we just don't know yet. This is not in order. <laughs> <laughs> just like no. our brains. No, Anyways, yeah. where can they follow us? So the socials are, you can follow us on Facebook at More Than Murder. Follow us on Twitter at More Than Underscore Murder. And follow us on Instagram at More Than Murder Pod. If you want, you can also write us in if you have any show ideas or you want to comment on the show or give us any fun anecdotes about what we've talked about. Say hello. Get us at morethanmurderpod at gmail.com. We'd love to chat. Yeah, this was fun. Until next time. Bye. Ciao.